Hello and welcome to Integral Teaching, presented by teachingintothefuture.com. My name is Diane Walters, and I've got a series of podcasts based on what I call the unfinished lesson, leaving room for the students. Let's get right to it. A number of years ago, I walked into a grade three classroom, and there were two little girls there a full 20 minutes before school started and they were quietly going about their business reading and playing. And when I asked the teacher as to why they were there ahead of their classmates, who were all outside waiting to be let in for the day, I was informed that these two sweet eight-year-old girls were diagnosed with clinical anxiety and needed to start the day in a very quiet way to feel safe. A number of years later, I worked as a guidance counselor for an online high school and I was speaking with another girl who was at the age of 16, 17, diagnosed with clinical anxiety disorder, suicidal tendencies, and she was a cutter. And when I spoke with her a little bit about her goals and her dreams, uh, she revealed the level of fear that she had for her own future and how long she had carried that. So as teachers, we constantly meet children who are dealing with fear and anxiety, and those age levels are getting younger and younger. I began to explore the rise in anxiety and when it began, and though I think it, it might be a contemporary illness, I discovered that in 1940 to 50, the average age range for suicidal tendencies, depression, and anxiety hit the age range of between 30 and 50 years old. And in the 1970s, it dropped down to college, university ages between 20 and 30 years old. And then in the 1990s to 2018, roughly, it dropped down into high school between 12 and 20 And from 2018 to the present day, now we're meeting elementary school-age children with clinical anxiety and depression and increasing numbers. So this is a real problem. So as teachers, I looked into what is the antidote to that. And I have to point to Rudolf Steiner's Waldorf Educational Standards, which is that the teacher looks and teaches out of the two elements of light and warmth. So I began to ask myself, well, what does that mean in the classroom? Steiner defined living thinking as warmth and light processes in the mind and heart of the teacher. So when looking out of what is light of mind, I think, you know, light of mind is enthusiasm for the subject matter. Light of mind is working with student inquiry at the core and at the base of how we're involving in, in our students in a participatory way. One of my graduate professors, Arthur Zions, wrote a book called Catching the Light, the Entwined History of Light and Mind. And in it, he really talked about knowledge not as an object to be traded like chattel, but an epiphanous moment to be cherished. I think of that in the classroom as a birth of consciousness. And how do we bring the birth of consciousness into each and every lesson that we create for our students? Right? So how do we bring in that living imagination? 
that is to teach out of the image of light. Teaching with this element of light is succeeding in making all our teaching live, whether we're teaching online, in a brick-and-mortar classroom, or at home. It means that I think we can't be content to continue to feed our children fact and information as though they were computers in computational intelligence that they are not retaining for the sake of being human. They're not retaining out of interest, but a level of memorization. We need to bring the light of mind alive in all our students to acquire certain ideas and feelings and abilities to see that each one of our students, each single child, according to their talents and predispositions, and according to the way that these things are developed in them, takes with them into life something that is alive. So when we think about how a living creature, a living plant, animal, human being, is alive because it's still growing, it's working with the anabolic aspect of growth and development and change and metamorphosis. And by seeing that alive in our lessons and in our classes, where do we make our lessons grow and change and develop and metamorphose? We often start with the concept first, thinking that the concept is what we're wanting to impart instead of looking at the experience of it first, where we're really engaging the student with an experience and then learning what it means and what it's all about, and what the concept of that is. So take the concept and turn it on its head and start with experience. Rather than proving the concept into an experience, work with the idea of experience-based education which is constructivist education, which is Waldorf education, which is many aspects and platforms of education today that are being practiced and developed. And I'm only one of the people talking about it. When we take this level of light of mind into the very subject matter of our teaching, we realize that we can't work with finished, ready-made feelings and capacities, but ideas and feelings and capacities that carry with them all the possibilities of growth. So what does warmth mean in the classroom? Warmth is teaching out of a love for the times that we live in, out of an enthusiasm rather than a despair of the times that we're living in right now, whether that be COVID or global warming or fear of what the future might be bringing in robotics, etc. But actually, what does the true warmth mean? It comes out of the human being. In the early years, we can actively cultivate wonder in our teaching modality and in the classroom and in the child. Wonder for all of life, wonder for nature, wonder for one another. And when you think of what lies behind that is to be in awe of all that is alive. And when you think, where do we bring awe and wonder into our lessons. That brings from wonder, it moves through adolescence into interest and interest for the world, a true interest rather than the cynicism that we're meeting today in adolescence and youth, a level of cynicism, sarcasm, the likes of which are, is only growing, and distrust of the adults in front of them. 
Well, unless we're giving true food, which is true wonder in all of life, and our deep enthusiasm and love for the world that we're living in, what are we doing as teachers? When I think about warmth in the classroom, I think about how we're cultivating resilience. And so as a teacher, I ask you, where do you cultivate resilience in your lessons and in your students? How do you work with imagination? How do you work with not only your own imagination and, and of the subject matter, but how do you cultivate that in your students? How do you bring in aspects of creativity which warms the heart and the soul for any given subject matter? How do you work with movement and you warm up the circulation and the blood for all that comes, whether you're teaching algebra or the arts or science or history? How do you work with the music that lies behind all curriculum? The music of the soul, the music of, as Steiner said, actually, we as teachers are conductors and the students are the symphony. One might be an oboe, one might be a percussion instrument, one might be a flute. And we just need to be able to be the conductor of all of that. So we're creating a symphony in the classroom when we're teaching. And if you're working on your own, I would say, how does your lesson sing? And I had to ask myself these questions. These aren't things that I'm just putting out there as an um, idealistic philosophy of teaching. Wouldn't that be nice? But I've actively practiced that in the classroom by making my lessons sing with joy, sing with enthusiasm through student participation and inquiry. Warmth cultivates a sense of belonging in a deeply resilient way. Your child, our students, feel that when they come to school or that they're learning, that they're learning for a higher purpose, there's something bigger than they are, and they are swimming in the midst of that. And that journey that they're on is full of warmth and light. Thank you for listening to Integral Teaching, presented by Teaching Into the Future, and I hope to see you again. If I piqued your interest, it would really help if you would rate my show either by a like or giving me your personal rating. I'm just starting out here, and I've got a whole lot more for you. So stay tuned for my next podcast, Radical Unknowing.